This is today's reading from John chapter 15, verses 1 through 8. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Good morning. I want to read verse 7 from that reading one more time. Jesus says, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. I wonder how many conversations and discussions and arguments through the years have taken place around those words that Jesus said, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. What if somebody came to you and they weren't joking around, they weren't trying to be sarcastic or, you know, be funny, but they were being dead serious and they came up to you because they knew that that you were a church-going person and that you had heard of Jesus and and heard of some of the things that, that he said And they came to you and they said, hey, you know, I was just reading something that Jesus said where he said, basically, if we remain in him, we can ask for anything we want and he'll give it to us. And then they said to you, they said, so, you know, I was just thinking that, you know, that that Powerball lottery that happens um, Wednesday nights and, and Saturday nights, you know, it's like $70 million jackpot that they drew for last night. And, you know, I've been thinking about what kind of amazing things I could do with that kind of money. And actually, here's what I was thinking about, you know, because I was spending some time praying to Jesus and, you know, remaining in him. And so I geared up this big ask to ask Jesus whatever I could. And I was thinking, you know, I don't even need the full 70 million. I would be happy, Jesus, to split that even like seven ways and just take maybe like 10 of that 70 million dollars. If they said that to you, what would be going through your mind? What would be your response back then? I mean, they're dead serious when they say this. Well, you'd probably be thinking, man, they are completely missing the first half of that verse that Jesus said, where he said, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, well, then you can ask whatever you wish. So you'd probably be thinking, you know, the, the, their issue is that they're, you know, if they were really remaining in Jesus and they're really letting his words remain in them, then they would realize that, you know, what Jesus taught and all the things that Jesus said and all the things that Jesus promises to us, 
he doesn't ever promise us to win the lottery. He doesn't ever promise us to have all this material wealth in this life. That's not something that Jesus was ever really about. And so you'd be thinking, you know, they're just not asking for something that Jesus is ever going to grant there. And so most of us in this room have kind of already made that jump. And we realize that Powerball prayers are not really what Jesus is talking about in verse 7. So we say, okay, we know that we're not supposed to really pray for the Powerball prayer. God bless you if you do, by the way. Um, but we know we're not really supposed, that's probably not what Jesus is meaning by that. So we, we adjust our prayers, don't we? In light of our understanding of verse 7. And our prayers tend to be things that we think would be more in line with the kind of things that Jesus would be about. And so our prayers tend to be things along these lines. For example, man, I just have this, you know, this really difficult boss. Well, not, not me. I don't have the, the difficult boss. I didn't, I didn't mean that. I'm just saying hypothetically, you know, example. So let's say, you know, you have this really difficult boss, and it just really makes things tough at work. So the prayer might be, okay, Jesus, you know, could you please deliver me from this situation? I, don't, I know that you don't want me to be suffering this way. This is not the way that you want me to live. Could you just, you know, either radically transform my boss, or, you know, even better yet, Jesus, I've been thinking about this. This job that I have doesn't really... Again, this is not apply to me. Um, th- this job that I have... Bad examples. Um, anyway, but this, this job that I have, it's actually not using the full uh, range of my skills. And I'm not all that passionate about it. So maybe you could just give me a totally different job. We pray things like that. Or we say, Jesus, you know, I am still looking for that special someone in my life. And I know that you don't want me to be alone and without that special someone, so could you please send that special someone my way? Or for those of us who have that special someone, we say, Jesus, I know you gave me that special someone, but there's a whole bunch of things that just aren't that special. Um, could, you, could you fix some of those things, please? I got a big to-do for you here, Jesus. And so we pray prayers like that. Are these good prayers to pray? Absolutely. Are they important prayers to pray? By all means, they are. Should we pray these kinds of prayers? Yes, of course we should. But in light of this passage, in light of what Jesus is teaching here, he's actually talking not about prayers for our boss or our job or that someone special. He's talking about something much bigger much more significant even than those things which are a huge deal in our lives. So let's try and get a little context here so we're not just looking at verse 7 in isolation. Jesus is teaching in John chapter 15. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. So we are all branches attached to the vine of Jesus Christ. And he says in the verses before verse 7 and in the verse immediately after, in verse 5 and verse 8, Jesus tells us as the branches that are connected to him, he tells us why it is we're on the vine. Notice this, okay? Verse 5 and verse 8. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will what? You will bear much fruit. If you want to underline that, We're about bearing fruit. He says, apart from me, you can do nothing. 
Then in verse 8, he says, This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit. There it is again. Showing yourselves to be my disciples. So, notice this. It's, it's very obvious, but it's very important. We are on the vine. We're branches on the vine for the purpose of bearing fruit. So, when Jesus then says, Listen, ask whatever you wish and it'll be done for you. When he says that, Jesus actually isn't talking about changing our situation necessarily. He's talking about us bearing fruit. That's the context. So you might be saying, okay, well, what's this fruit that we're bearing? What is the fruit? I'm glad you asked. In the New Testament, in Galatians 5, and 23, it lays it out for us beautifully. But the fruit of the Spirit, here we go, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This is what we're supposed to be about. This is what Jesus is teaching. Our purpose of being in Him is to bear fruit in our lives. So, Jesus is ultimately, His ultimate concern actually isn't the things that are happening to us. His ultimate concern is the things that are happening in us, within us. You want to know what God's number one goal is for your life? God's number one goal for your life. Check out 1 Thessalonians 4.3. It says, God's will is for you to be holy. Other translations, instead of the word holy, in the Greek, the word is rendered into English, sanctified. God's will is for us to be sanctified. Now, what the heck does that word mean? Well, to be sanctified, it's this process that we're going through where God is working on us and he is growing us and developing us and transforming us into his likeness. He's making us become more like Jesus Christ. That is God's number one goal for our life. It's developing who we are as people. If you want to write this in, God is more concerned about our character than our circumstances. God is more concerned about our character than our circumstances. Now, if you think about this, it really makes sense. Because the reality is, we are always going to be faced with circumstances in our lives. We're always going to be faced with difficulties and struggles and adversity. And I mean, you just waking up in the morning and, and breathing, you're going to face things that are, that are difficult, that are challenging in this life. Jesus said it this way in John 16, Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. It's inevitable. You're going to have circumstances. And Jesus could be about 24 hours a day, seven days a week, just trying to do everything he possibly can to make our lives as comfortable and as convenient as possible. But is that really what Jesus is primarily after? Or is he really after developing us as people? Not what's happening around us or to us, but what's happening in us. So, here's the deal. Jesus is saying, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish. Ask 
for anything. So what Jesus is saying is, he's saying, look, I want you to make a huge ask. Ask me for anything. Listen, you can ask for help with all those difficult things that you're going through, all those situations and circumstances in your life, and that's a beautiful thing. You absolutely should ask for those things. But Jesus is pressing us to ask for something even bolder, even tougher, even deeper than that. What Jesus is asking us to pray there is for us for him to make us more fruitful in our lives. Jesus is asking us to say, okay, look, Jesus, okay, so I'm a branch and I'm connected to you. I'm interconnected with you. Okay, I'm on you, the vine, and you want me to be fruitful in my life. Help me to become more fruitful. Help me to become more like you. If we could show the, the um, Galatians 5, 22 and 23 again, all those different Uh, qualities and characteristics, those fruits of the Spirit. So what Jesus is actually imploring us to do in this passage where he says, ask whatever you wish. It's in the context of fruit. Okay, so here's the kind of prayer that Jesus, I believe, is after here for us. Okay, Jesus, I'm remaining in you. you. You and your words are remaining in me. Could you make me more loving? Jesus, could you give me more love in my heart? See, there's some people in my life and I just feel no love toward them. For whatever the reason and situation where, there's just a whole bunch of people that I basically cannot stand. Could you make me more loving? Could you give me more love in my heart for them? (laughs) Jesus, you know, I always, um, in in the good times, my mood is great. I'm, I'm joyful, I'm happy. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just so much fun to be around when things are going my way. But you know, when things don't go so well, when I'm stressed out, when I'm facing hard times, there's no joy. Could you make me a more joyful person? Now that's a bold ask, isn't it? Jesus, could you make me more joyful? Or how about this one? Jesus, you know, I, I stress out a lot. I worry about a lot of things. I have fear. In my mind, I have a lot of anxiety that I deal with. You promise this peace that surpasses our understanding. Could you fill me with that? Could you, could you make me a more peaceful person? Could you fill me with that peace? And you can go all the way through this list of these fruits of the Spirit. I don't know which one of these... It is for you. But this is a much more difficult, much deeper exercise, isn't it? I mean, we can pray for our situations and circumstances all day long, and we should, okay? But the reality is this. The reason this is so much more difficult is, think about it. When when someone says, okay, you should pray to be more loving. You should pray to be more joyful. You should pray to have more peace in your heart. What's, What's our response to that inside? Our response to that is, For most of us, we go, well, you know what? This is just kind of who I am. I'm just a natural warrior. This is part of my personality. Don't we we do that? Isn't that kind of our our response to that? Or you make me more loving. Look, this this is just all I got, okay? This is all the love I got right here. I don't have any more than, than that. This is just the way it is, okay? I'm not one of those super joyful people. I never have been. I'm never going to be. That's, that's in our mind what stops us short of ever praying this prayer. And here is Jesus, and he says, look, I'm the vine. 
You're the branches. Don't you see? We are interconnected to one another. Okay? We are vitally attached to each other. If you are really connected to me, you can ask for anything. Anything you want. Some of those things that you've given up praying about years and years and years ago because you think, this is just who I am. There's no way I can change. You just stop doing that. Jesus says, no, come on. You're here to bear fruit. Ask me. Yeah, your circumstance could change. Sure, pray about the job. Wouldn't you like to pray for something even better? Wouldn't you like to pray to be joyful all the time? Wouldn't you want to pray just to be, have peace like in any situation? Pray that prayer. You know how Jesus would respond if we said to Jesus, well, I just, you know, the reality is I, I'd love to pray those prayers. You know, I'd love to be more loving. I'd love to have more peace. I'd love to be more joyful. But the reality is I, I just, I can't change. This is who I am. This is how you've made me to be. I can't change. You know what Jesus would say to that? He'd say, you're absolutely right. Apart from me, you can't change. Apart from me, you can do nothing, he says. But here's the reality. You are connected to me, Jesus would say. You, now, now catch this, okay? Think about this vine and this branches illustration. We are vitally linked to Jesus Christ we are connected to the ultimate source of strength, of love, of joy, of peace, of patience, of kindness, of goodness, of faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We are interconnected. We are tapped into the source. The reality is this. When you ask Jesus into your heart, you know what happens? When you pray that prayer of faith, say, Jesus, I, I believe you died for me. Because of you, I'm forgiven for all my sins. Jesus actually comes into your heart and lives inside you. And you live in Jesus. That's amazing. This is the thing. We're wrapping up our series today on why Jesus. Do you realize this right here is the thing that radically distinguishes Jesus Christ and Christianity from every other world religion out there. If this happens to me again, I'm really going to start to get upset, and I'm not going to be more loving, um, and I'm going to have to pray that prayer. Or maybe just tighten up the stand. There we go. So, here's the deal. Christianity is not just a list of things that we're supposed to think about pray about, do's and don'ts that will somehow lead us along a path. That's not at all what Jesus teaches us, right? It's not about following a whole bunch of things that are going to lead us to enlightenment or make us a better person or ultimately get us to heaven or ultimate reality or whatever it is. If you, if you look at other religions out there, that's essentially what's going on there. But Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. It's not about a list of do's and don'ts. It's about realizing that you are connected to me. You're a branch on a vine. And if you remain in me, you're actually tapped into me. You're actually tapped into Jesus Christ. You want to become more like Jesus Christ? He's actually in you. All you have to do is remain 
in him. So here's the, here's the question I have for you today. What's the big ask that you need to make to Jesus today? What's your big ask? And you know what? It's totally cool if you have some, something you're facing in your life, some situation, some circumstance. Please don't hear me that I, like, I, I'm not saying you shouldn't pray for that. You absolutely should pray for that. We have a prayer team that meets right over here. They would love to pray for absolutely any prayer request that you have. They'll even pray for you to win the Powerball. They will. They will. Okay? I'm not saying God's going to answer it, but they'll pray for you. All right? They'll pray for, you know, for some understanding too, but that's another, that's another thing. All right? So pray for anything. But Jesus is saying, come on. You are connected to me. Do you want something? You, do you want to change something about who you are, the way you think, how you handle certain things? Something inside you. Anything. Come on. It's time to bear some fruit. Ask me anything. What do you want to ask Jesus today? Forget, oh, I can't change. Forget this is just who I am. No, no, no. That's who you are disconnected from the vine. The possibilities are endless when we're connected to our source of life. Last thing that I want to say about this passage is something really cool I noticed about verse 5. Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, notice this, you will bear much fruit. Jesus doesn't say, if you remain in me and I remain in you, you you have the possibility of bearing much fruit. You have the potential to bear a lot of fruit in your life. To become more like me. No, no, Jesus doesn't say that. He doesn't say, if you remain in me and I remain in you, you might just bear more fruit. That's not what he says at all. Check this out. This is awesome. If you remain in me and I in you, you will. You will bear much fruit. It's inevitable. When we are vitally connected to the ultimate source of life and strength and love and joy and peace and all those other things, we can't help but bear much fruit. We can't help but become more like him. That is an amazing thing. Amazing thing. Imagine what would happen if we, instead of asking God, to change the things that are happening around us if we started asking God to change us. Imagine what your relationships would look like. Imagine what your workplace might look like. Imagine what our community might look like if all of us walked out today and started praying bold prayers. God, change me. Not because we have the power to change in and of ourselves, but because we're connected to the one who has the power to do anything. Imagine what God will be able to do in us and through us if we have those kind of big asks to Jesus. I have something very special for you guys this morning. Um, we have some people who are going to, to join me up on the stage. And James, I'm going to ask if you would, uh, would come up. You'd come up. And um, 
I got a couple of folks who are going to come up and share about the fruit that is taking place in their lives, what God is up to in their lives, their stories of what's happening with them and what Jesus is doing with them. So if you'll notice, we have plenty of time. This is part of the sermon. Actually, I'll tell you something, and this is totally legit. This is the best part of the sermon. But hands down, this is the part you'll remember a year from now. You won't remember much of what I said, but you will remember what's going to happen in these next few moments. So I ask you to give um, an incredibly warm welcome. This is a little intimidating, if you can imagine, coming up here. So could you guys give a huge, warm, grace welcome to James Santiago. Okay, James. I want to be baptized because I want everyone to know I believe in God and Jesus. To me, God is the Father and Jesus is the Savior. I truly believe being Christian is the path for me because ever since I was little, my parents did not raise me to be Christian. I chose it on my own. I've always been so curious about God and always asked a lot of questions. My auntie gave me my first Bible about a year ago, and I read it about 20 times. Even though I have friends that are not Christian, and I learned about their religion, I still believe that being Christian is the way for me. All right. Awesome, man. (laughs) Would you guys join me? We're going to pray for James. Um, God, we thank you for James. We thank you for what you are doing in his life and how he has come to know you as his Savior and his Lord. And God, we just pray that you would bless him all his days, that he would remain in you, and you would remain in him, and he would bear much fruit. In Christ's name, amen. Okay, James, why don't you go ahead and come right over this way, and we are going to baptize you. Okay, this is Kira. You guys say hello to Kira. All right, go ahead. Hi, my name is Kira. I am seven years old. I'm going to be eight and on. Once when I was little, I was reading. My mom was watching a show about the smartest guy in the world. And he said there is no such thing as God. I looked at my mom and said, who is this guy? He doesn't even know what he is talking about. I wondered if he is the smartest guy in the world, like Sheldon Cooper on the Big Bang Theory. How can he say there's no such thing as God? So even before I started going to church and I was little, I knew there was a God. Then I started going to church and learning about God and Jesus. The reason I want to get baptized is because I want Jesus and everyone else to know that I love him. The reason I love him is he died on the cross for us so that our sins are forgiven and we can go to heaven. He is my best friend. I can pray to him and tell him my wishes and the things that scare or upset me. He is always there to listen to me at any time. When I die, I want to go to heaven to be with my family. That's God and Jesus. The only way to get to heaven is to believe, and I 
believe Jesus is real and he is the Son of God. Wait, wait, stay right here, Kira. Okay, this is Kira Bruner. That was awesome. We want to pray for you, okay? Let's pray. God, um, thank you for Kira. Thank you for um, the fact that she has come to an understanding of just how much you love her, God. And, um, oh, she's so cute. I just pray, God, that you would bless her in amazing ways, God, that you would grow her in her understanding of who you are and how deep and wide your love is for her, God. Um, I just pray that uh, you would allow her to remain in you and you would remain in her all the days of her life and that you would bear tremendous fruit in her and through her. In Christ's name, amen. Okay, Kira, that was awesome. Step on back here. You guys, this is Alyssa, Alyssa Craig. It's hard to follow that testimony, but Alyssa, we're going to let you do your best here. You guys give Alyssa a warm welcome. I grew up in a spiritual household. We said grace every night at dinner and asked questions when we had them, but otherwise we were not deeply religious. I first attended, started attending church when my now fiancé invited me about four years ago. I had always enjoyed going to church on holidays or with my friends, so I agreed to go. We decided to attend a church near where we both went to school in Blacksburg. Over the next few years, we attended a number of different churches, all over, including ones in Harrisonburg, Springfield, the National Cathedral, and, of course, Grace. No matter what church we attended, I always came away with the same message. I would leave church each Sunday feeling rejuvenated and satisfied. These feelings carried over throughout the week, and each Sunday I would leave feeling better about myself. I had always believed in a higher power. Someone or something had to have created us all and put us here for a reason. It wasn't until I started attending church more that I felt that a higher power and the answer to my questions was Christ. I've always wanted to know and to understand more. So for me, it was a very natural progression after attending church to put my faith in him. I'm so grateful that I'm not alone on this journey, and I'm so thankful to know that Christ will be there to guide me throughout my life during the good times and the bad. Since receiving Christ, I have seen my relationships improve. I've noticed a difference in my patience and my ability to listen carefully. For me, it is easy to become frustrated with the ones you care about the most. Now, because of Christ, I'm more patient with those who I care about. I've seen a difference in my relationships in the way I approach and interact with others. I want to develop and grow my relationship with Christ and believe that this is the path to do it. I want to commit my life to a relationship with Jesus Christ. I look forward to not only continuing to develop my relationship with Christ, but also improving myself and those around me by living more like Him. Let's pray. Uh, God, we thank you for what you have been up to in Alyssa's life. God, she knew there was something more um, beyond herself, and I just thank you that she has found you and you have found her. And I thank you for um, the fruit that you are bearing in her life. God, I thank you for the patience that you've given her and those relationships that are improving. And God, I thank you that she is a branch on your vine and it is through you, it is through your power and your strength and your love and your patience that she's able to do these things. God, I just pray 
that all the days of her life, you would deepen and strengthen that relationship that she has with you and that she would bear tremendous fruit. In Christ's name, amen. Okay, so this is David Clark. If you guys could say hello to David. Now, we've, we've, hello. We've, we've, we've warmed things up for him nicely. So um, David is our, uh, our final story that is going to be shared at this service. We're going to do some others in the 11 o'clock service and different stories and other baptisms. So David, uh, take us home if you would, all right? So I grew up in Christian schools but never really got involved in church since my mom was born a Jehovah Witness and didn't like going to church. She never exposed me to church when I was younger, but I didn't end up going to church when I was in my mid-20s. But never really found a church that stuck with me because most of them talked mainly about the religion aspect of the, of the, of the, of the rules. Once I started coming to Grace, and then I, and I really liked the atmosphere, and started to come continually. I came so frequently that I started getting involved and started helping the church whenever possible. Coming weekly got me turned on to God because how Pastor John and Derek preached they got people involved and made issues easy to understand. How they talked about grace instead of the rules that usually come apart with the religion, and they did it in a fun way that actually kept me coming to church. Shortly after starting the Bible with my fiance, being able to talk to somebody about their view helped me understand grace more by seeing other people's point of view. Doing that created a conversation that made it even more understandable. But what really got me to receive Christ as my Savior was when I got really sick. I've been losing weight rapidly since the end of December. I've lost nearly 45 pounds in a few months. Could barely climb stairs or pull myself off the floor. I, I got really scared. And really started looking at my priorities again. One thing that I've been neglected the most in my was my spiritual health. Even though I came I come to church every week and serve. I never fully committed myself to Jesus. Now that I have committed, I have now. I don't have to worry too much about the decisions I make because I know they will always be right and rooted in the Lord. This makes life easier, knowing someone is there helping through, through me, helping me through my life. Let's pray. Uh, God, we thank you for David. Uh, God, you know it's been a really difficult road these last few months. God, we thank you that as we walk through the valleys of our lives and we deal with difficult things, that you are right there with us, walking with us, getting us through these things. God, we do thank you that Dave had an awakening, a realization of where his priorities were and where they are now, God. And we just thank you that, um, that you have come into his life. We thank you for that commitment that he has made to you. We thank you for that peace that you've given him that has washed over him, God. What an amazing thing, even in the midst 
of his challenges, even in the midst of his health concerns, God, that you give him strength that he doesn't have, that you give him peace that he doesn't have. You make promises for him. God, you are good. You are so good. God, I just pray, Lord, that you would remind him every day of your presence in his life, that you are his vine that he can cling to, that he doesn't have to do this in his own strength, God, that he can do this because you are in him and he is in you and it is through you. It is through your strength and your power that we do these things, God. Thank you so much, God, for what you're doing in David's life. We ask you to bless him all of his days. God, deliver him from what is coming against him, God. We pray you'd restore him to full physical health, but we thank you because you have already restored him to full spiritual health. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Well, thank you everyone for uh, coming today. Um, I just want to close us with a word of prayer and then um, you're free to go. You pray with me. Uh, God, thank you so much that you don't just give us your word, but you actually demonstrated your love by coming to this earth and teaching us and showing us the way to live, God. But you didn't even stop there. You tell us it's not just a bunch of instructions that we need to follow in order to get to you or in order to be better people, but you promise us that you actually are a vine of life that we can attach ourselves to, that we can remain in. God, what an awesome thing that you live in us and we live in you. I pray, Lord, if there are some here this morning who don't understand that, who don't fully know this source of strength and love and peace and joy that's not in us, but it's because of you, it's through you. I pray, Lord, that right now, wherever folks are sitting, that they would just join me in acknowledging that we haven't lived the perfect life. It's impossible to do so. We've fallen short. We're in need of a Savior. We have struggles. We have things in this life. We want to be better people, but we feel like we just can't be. God, we acknowledge that you, Jesus Christ, are our Savior. That through faith in you, we are made righteous through the life that you lived and the sacrifice that you made for us on the cross for our sins. And that we're made righteous in your eyes, God, through that sacrifice. Jesus, come into our hearts and our lives, either right now for the first time or remind those of us who have been following you for years that we are attached to the ultimate source of power. Let us make a big ask today, God. Change, not our circumstances, but change us. Change us. And God, bear tremendous fruit in us. We thank you. We love you. We pray these things in the awesome name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a fantastic week.